and welcome to the podcast. It's the Nolan Podcast from National Oil and Lube News. I'm the editor, Matt Hudson. Legal claims, they happen every so often in our shops. Uh, Our columnist Adam Tatum wrote a piece a while back detailing different scenarios for this. And if you haven't read it yet, I'd suggest you go back and do so. Uh, But if a legal claim related to your shop service is serious enough, you'll be seeking out a good attorney. So in today's podcast, Associate Editor Megan Gosh speaks with uh, one top attorney uh, for the industry about how to establish and build a great relationship with someone in that role. I'll let Megan introduce the guest with a brief disclaimer here. William is the lead attorney for the Automotive Defense Specialists, which is a law firm based in California. And William actually specializes in representing auto repair facilities and technicians. While William does have experience in consulting on a wide variety of legal issues, I do want to make a point of adding a disclaimer here that nothing included in this interview should be construed as legal advice. If you do have any potential legal questions or concerns, please consult a local attorney. With that in mind, welcome, William. Thank you so much for joining us today. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. When we last spoke, um, we were touching base for our the Ratchet and Wrench March issue, um, and we were speaking more specifically about data liability and um, potential issues that maybe repair shops should keep an eye out for in terms of um, technology, potentially right to repair, how some of uh, the data liability issues that we could be seeing down the line um, may impact repair shops. Um, And I know that that conversation led us to an interesting topic, which is just that there really aren't a wide variety of attorneys that are focused on the repair uh, industry in the way that you are focused on, on this niche. Um, And I guess I was wondering if you could start off by just telling us a little bit more about your experience working specifically in in the niche of auto repair and and what that's looked like in in working with clients um, where you're based in California. Well, I'll start off by saying uh, when I started this practice about 12 years ago, I had no idea the breadth of legal issues that shops had. I sort of grew up as a mechanic uh, wrenching and sort of when I was in law school, a bunch of the shops that I worked for and friends that were still in the industry uh, basically said, we've got this legal issue, that legal issue. You're a lawyer now, right? And no, I'm, I'm in law school, but I can certainly do some research and help you out as I can. And after graduating, I decided to open this practice just representing automotive repair facilities. And in heavily regulated states, you know, New York, California, you know, places like that where there's significant laws and regulations and oversight on automotive repair facilities, the breadth of legal issues are extensive. You know, you're talking employment, labor issues, workers' compensation issues. You've got leases to negotiate. You've got regulatory agencies like the Bureau of Automotive Repair. You've got small claims court cases. You've got civil cases. You've got restoration type work where, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of dollars being spent on custom jobs. The amount of legal work associated in the automotive repair industry, I, I failed to grasp how significant um, a lot of these legal issues were. I know you've mentioned that it's been very challenging for you to necessarily just take on a new client whenever someone reaches out. It's you're you're pretty backed up. You're not necessarily in a position to to help everyone that that reaches out. And I I was wondering if that's been your experience. Pretty much across the board, have you always found that to be a challenge and just there's there's only so many repair-focused attorneys and way too many repair shops to service? Well, let's be clear that uh, it's, it's not a very high specialty area, you know, that most attorneys 
you know, they think of contract law or employment law or, you know, regulatory issues. And a lot of them don't think of the automotive repair industry of, of having, you know, significant legal issues. And also there's a, a disconnect that most attorneys don't think that mechanics make a lot of money so they can't afford legal services. And that's certainly not the case. You know, what I can say is probably starting about seven years ago, I, I couldn't turn my phone off. And, and what I mean by that is I just as an example, last night I was on the phone at nine o'clock with a, a current client that had a new legal issue that just happened that day. And then the phone started at seven o'clock this morning, somebody calling my cell phone with something else. So the amount of work that's out there for an attorney that's interested in, in representing automotive repair facilities or learning it, I think once you've established uh, you know, that you're competent in the area of automotive repair, I, I think shops say, hey, this is the guy, you call him, you know, he, he knows how to help you through this problem or that problem. And it's certainly been uh, disheartening at some points that I can't help everybody. And, and I wish um, I could, obviously, but uh, it, it makes me uh, focus on specific areas and say, this is sort of where I'm more specialized in the automotive arena. But I turn down clients and turn around cases just every day. And a lot of times I'll actually talk prospective clients out of litigating a case just because, you know, listen, you're going to spend, you know, X amount on attorneys or, you know, me or someone else. And, you know, here's what I would do under those circumstances. It's just that backed up and that busy. So, uh, yeah, lots of work, plenty of work. And, you know, you try and do as much as you can where you can. Definitely. And I know you had mentioned in the past just that something you're hearing from repair shop owners all the time is that they, they may have an attorney, but they don't necessarily trust them with some of the more specifics of, of the business because they don't feel like their attorney can speak their language or really understands their business. And I was wondering um, if that's, that's been something that you typically hear from, from clients coming to you and, and is a, in general, a problem that you've seen across the board. Well, let's be clear as any type of repair shop, mechanic, auto body, restoration, general repair, lube, what have you, uh, you've got to have pretty tough skin as an owner operator or even as a manager of those facilities. And the reason being is no matter what you do, how you do it, you're always a crook. You know, you're always trying to take advantage of somebody. You're always telling them to do repairs that are unnecessary. You're also recommending products and services that, you know, are, you know, not within the manufacturer's specifications. And you're just trying to, you know, cheat somebody out of X, Y, Z. And kind of like in my job, uh, I'm trying to prevent future issues from down the road. And that's what most mechanics and technicians and repair facilities are doing. Uh, so, you know, they have thick skin and they're always being accused of doing X, Y, Z. And they're on the lookout for somebody, you know, trying to take advantage or trying to suggest you're anything but honorable or reputable as a repair facility. So when there's a contact with the, an attorney, uh, my, the joke I always say is, uh, attorneys only have the second worst reputation next to mechanics, you know, so, uh, there's a little bit of initial skepticism at the first meeting or the first phone call or first what have you, that what are you doing? What's going on with my case? Why are you spending this much time or this many hours, you know, doing X, Y, Z? So, you know, mechanic and shop owners are very conscientious of the bottom line and they're, they're no BS people and they want it straight and they want somebody to give it to them straight. So uh, in that sense, uh, when they make contact with an attorney, there's an initial skepticism. And also there's going to be a frustration level with not understanding their business, that most attorneys are not grease monkeys. Grease monkeys don't go to law school. It just doesn't happen. So when you have contact with an attorney, most attorneys have been through 
the college preparatory high school classes, they go on to college and then they go on to law school. So their opinion of any type of mechanical or automotive repair is kind of the old shade tree mechanic using a rope to pull out an engine out of a front of a hood. They just don't understand the technical competence and breadth of even minute repairs on a vehicle and how educated a shop owner has to be or how educated an auto body repair facilities has to go to manufacture manufacturing procedures to find weld points on the bed of a Ford pickup truck to know that no, you can't simply pull and straighten. You've got to replace the whole bed on a new Ford truck because of the way it's designed. That the mechanical ingenuity, engineering, almost at a civil engineering level is required for a auto body shop to do appropriate repairs. So there's a disconnect between the education level, the knowledge and experience of a repair facility and what an attorney might think they know about what's going on at a repair facility. So there's an education gap between the repair facility and the attorney. And let's be clear, you're at the shop, you're working, you're dealing with customers, you're dealing with employees, you're ordering parts, what have you. If you have to spend five extra minutes explaining something to an attorney about how your shop works, you just don't have time for it. It's not personal, it's business. So if you're thinking about where you're gonna invest your time, you don't want to spend half an hour educating an attorney about how your business runs. So that's, I think, where the disconnect happens between a repair facility that certainly could benefit from significant legal work and preventative discussions with an attorney about what to do under certain situations. And alternatively, you know, they've got six cars in the bay. They've got four guys waiting for parts. They've got two mechanics that need help with X, Y, Z. And it's a little difficult to set that aside that time to really focus on talking to your attorney or an attorney. Yeah. Well, and that's a really interesting point that you mentioned just because education is already such a really big piece in working with customers and building up a customer relationship and making sure they understand um, what, what the service advisors are recommending and, and why um, the bill is going to be, what it's going to be, what the labor rates are. And that's already such a big part of the day-to-day um, running of a shop. But just applying that concept to building up a relationship with your attorney is, I think, really interesting in just that it, it makes complete sense, but I don't know how many repair shops are, are really applying that. Um, and I guess I was wondering if that's something that, that you've really spent a lot of time doing and, and would recommend to other shop owners, just taking that time to, to build up that relationship and make sure that they understand what it is that you're doing in your shop day to day and what the ins and outs are of the business. I mean, what I'd say is that I think it happened organically at first over the last 12 years that over the, all of a sudden, like I'm that guy in California that does X, Y, Z. So, you know, just kind of a reputational around the area is just, you know, hey, this is who you call when you get this problem with the Bureau of Automotive Repair out here in California, or you have this issue or this concern, you call this guy. So, I mean, I think that sort of happened organically. But what I will say is for individuals that need an attorney and, and could certainly benefit I guess I would look at it like a good CPA or good tax attorney, that if somebody can save you thousands of dollars in tax liability, you're going to set aside, you know, 10 hours a year to meet with your tax attorney quarterly, discuss your numbers and come up with a game plan about how you can actually make more money. Because that's a worthwhile investment that if you can reduce your tax liability through creative, you know, S corps or LLCs or what have you, you know, you're going to spend that time and effort and energy. At the same time, if you realistically develop a relationship with an attorney over, you know, a year period, you spend 10, 15 hours talking and dealing with them, I'm willing to bet 
you're going to have a lot of savings at the end. It may not seem like it initially, but it's just like the, a good tax attorney or a good CPA or accountant that the amount of time you invest in proper business planning and, and, and going through that process, it's going to benefit you in the long run. Although it's hard to envision paying somebody a couple hundred bucks an hour to educate them about your business. That's a hard pill to swallow for most, most shops. And I understand that. Yeah, it may be difficult to carve out those those hours away from the shop or or bringing them into the shop, but it will pay off in the long run. And and ideally, I think you'd mentioned this as well, just this concept of building up more of a proactive relationship with your attorney and keeping things more as an ongoing conversation as opposed to just calling when something has gone wrong or you're in emergency mode and trying to backtrack and problem solve or put out a fire, I imagine building up that relationship and getting, getting your attorney a little bit more uh, in the know and, and comfortable and, and building up a relationship and understanding of the business challenges and pain points is, is going to help build up that, that conversation and keep things more as an ongoing uh, <laughs> relationship than, than a more static emergency relationship. Right. And I can't tell you how many times that a client has gotten a letter or a call or something happened at the shop and you know, they, they say, well, I don't have time to deal with this because I've got 27 things going on right now. But if I had just gotten a call or even a text message about what happened or what took place, something that could have been handled with a letter or a phone call ends up, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars of legal bills and litigation later or dealing with the you know, additional unemployment insurance that now they're having to pay because, you know, some guy didn't show up for two weeks straight. So you fired him. He comes back and says, no, I, you know, I was sick or what have you. You don't have an employee handbook or an employee manual that talks about no calls, no shows. So there's not a, a delineated policy specifically about what constitutes a fireable offense. So the unemployment does a review sides with the employee because there's no stated policy. So now your unemployment insurance has doubled and you're paying $10,000 a year instead of $5,000 a year where if you paid an attorney, you know, two hours worth of work to draft a basic employee handbook would have saved you $5,000. And so it's, it's a small example of something like that. And uh, a lot of these lessons are learned through the school of hard knocks from most shops as they grow and they deal with these problems or issues. Somebody gets fired, somebody gets hurt. The employment development department or the labor department comes by and says, you know, where's your records of them getting their 15 minute breaks and their half hour lunches and things of that nature it, that most shops learn these things the hard way, but I bet you they'd rather pay 10 cents on the dollar to learn it earlier than learn it. You know, the emergency type deal where you're losing sleep over how bad things are right now or how debilitating, you know, this letter or this phone call or this court case filed by, you know, the employment department, the Bureau of Automotive Repair, the labor department that, these are just headaches that you don't want to deal with. You want to go back to work and let an attorney or someone else deal with this problem or issue. Definitely. Well, and I guess I was wondering for a shop owner that is going to start reaching out and building up a relationship with their attorney, um, maybe making uh, more of an effort to really fill them in and, and build up their understanding of the industry. Um, is there anything that you would maybe recommend as a first step or right off the bat um, to, to get that off the ground? So I, I guess the easiest way to describe it is, unfortunately, uh, developing a relationship with an attorney is probably going to be a lot like dating, you know, and what I mean by that is, you know, you're going to have your first initial contact, you know, sit down and have a meeting, have a conversation, go get coffee, maybe go to dinner. And, you know, you're going to have to be the pursuer 
because uh, an attorney, no offense, there's going to be initial hesitancy of why is this mechanic or auto shop, you know, contacting me? Like what's going on? I mean, uh, what legal issues could they have? Or if they have a bunch of legal issues, you know, I don't know how to help them or what to do with them. I don't know anything about their business or, or industry. And so I, I think that the shop is going to have to be kind of more proactive, which seems counterintuitive, you know, that when somebody needs a product or service, everybody's used to calling or texting or emailing somebody and saying, I need this. And they say, well, we do that. And they say, great, give me two of these, you know, and, and they get it shipped, you know, two days, Amazon Prime. You know, and that's just not the way it's going to be with a, a relationship with an attorney that you're basically going to need to make the investment in the attorney to educate them. And, and I'm not saying there's not attorneys that don't have some basis in the of the automotive arena. I mean, if they've defended a lemon law case or if they've you know, done some employment issues, you know, that they may have a basis for, you know, understanding what's going on in your business. But let's be clear, the attorney's gonna have no idea what your job is like. They're gonna have no idea with what you're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. And you're gonna have to be proactive of finding somebody that's willing to basically make the commitment to you to go on with the dating sort of trope and make the commitment to you that they're interested in developing a long relationship where you're gonna bring them a myriad of legal issues and you're going to call them and that the attorney knows this is worth my time because I'm gonna make some money here. You know, that that's... Unfortunately, the way the world works, most attorneys make their money by billing their time in one way or another, whether it's a flat rate or whether it's a hourly basis that they charge by the hour or by the case. And so they have an understanding, most attorneys do, that they're going to invest their time and energy where it's going to be most profitable. So if they're going to take some time to learn or become educated or seek out a new area, uh, they're going to need to know there's a payoff at the end. And and I think by educating the attorney of how many phone calls, emails, you know, legal issues come up at the shop level that I think you'll get their interest and, in, you know, I guess, get them for a second date, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, and it's tough, you know, that, you know, literally you're having to pursue an attorney to get them interested in your business, to understand that you have a myriad of legal issues and that you need help and that there will be legal fees coming because stuff just comes up you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, it really does. Definitely. Well, and I know when we first spoke um, uh, a while back, we were really focused on that data liability piece and, and just with shops becoming more and more technologically advanced and, and cars becoming more um, complicated and complex, I imagine that this is going to be an issue or, or a, a piece of the industry that is changing and transitioning where having uh, that relationship with an attorney built up and in your back pocket is going to become more and more important just as time goes on and, and as repair shops adjust. Um, I was wondering if that was your take or your impression or, or something that you would advise as well as starting to build up this relationship now because some of these legal issues could become more, more and more complex down the line. Well, I certainly think the, the data liability issue or concern is, is a very big issue. I mean, most cars are, are now coming with significant GPS modifications so that you know everywhere the car is going under every driving condition so that, I mean, technically, if you plug in at the dealership level with their fancy, you know, $100,000 equipment, you can see the conditions that caused or created whatever problem in the system. And, and I know it's very helpful diagnostic information to see the elevation they were at, you know, if they're there's low, low oxygen levels, which cause a misfire in the engine, things of that nature help diagnose what's going on in that vehicle. Uh, but also there's a significant amount of data that's in there 
uh, for GPS you know, tracking locations and that uh, there's going to be significant legal issues about accessing that data. What can you access? What are you allowed to access? What information is appropriate for you to access in the diagnostic functions? And I'm sure, like everybody, most people are very secretive about their data. They don't want their data shared. They don't want their data analyzed. Nobody wants you knowing that they go to Starbucks six times a week. You know, I mean, those are the types <laughs> of things that uh, are going to be upcoming legal issues. And that developing a relationship with an attorney now you know, is a good thing to start practicing, not only for the data liability issues, but I think with how technically advanced uh, most vehicles are becoming, the liability factor on anybody that touches a car is going to go through the roof. And what I mean by that is you've got anywhere from, you know, advanced cruise control operations on a vehicle, uh, data tracking, you've got self-driving cars, you've got self-assisting cars, lane change assist, what have you. And you know, somebody's going to roll over their SUV, there's going to be a lawsuit. And one of the named defendants is going to be the shop that worked on the car six months ago, even if they just did an oil change and allegations that they may have miscalibrated or miscalculated something when they plugged in to check monitors, you know, or, or what have you. So uh, the, the legal issues that are going to come up uh, with shots are just going to be more and more that when you're a plaintiff's attorney and you're looking to sue somebody for a negligent repair, an accident, an auto body that wasn't you know fixed correctly. So the crumple zones didn't work correctly so that somebody was irreparably damaged or harmed. And now they're in a wheelchair because you did a faulty repair. You know, everybody that's ever touched that car, worked on that car or smelled that car is going to be attached as a defendant in the lawsuit and, and just, you know, let's be clear, we're in a sue happy world that uh, if there's money to be made, even if there's just insurance, you know, that insurance money is to be made, uh, you know, from just filing a lawsuit against a shop. And that's a, kind of a sad reality that when, but you build that into your business model, understanding that, you know, if you're a mom and pop sort of one man band, you know, you probably don't have too much exposure, but if you've got a significant operation, you just, you need to be, build in a litigation budget and attorneys understanding that with the, the technological advances and the, the possible liabilities issues of miscalibrating camera sensors, you know, on a, on a XYZ vehicle caused this accident, you know, that's common, you know, the, the failure to discern the data and transmission. So you failed to diagnose it, it blew up the engine and you're responsible, you know, that these are the kinds of things that uh, the amount of data is going to be used and manipulated to blame people for things. And that's just the way things are, unfortunately. 